Hey, welcome into the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Monday, October 7th, 2019. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire, and I want to remind you to make sure you're staying subscribed to the show and show your support for the show by subscribing in your favorite podcast apps and platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Make sure you leave your rating and a review so we can check out your feedback and see what we can do to improve the show moving forward. Make it something you want to come back to. And of course, spread the word to your fellow friends, family, and Penn State fans and college football fans in general because we throw in some more national topics every now and then. So we want to try and please as many people as possible, make this your show as much as it is ours. In today's episode, we are going to talk about Penn State's win, 35-7 over Purdue. We'll recap and react to that and kind of share some final thoughts from Saturday's game in our first segment of the day, as we do every Monday. And then in segment two, we're going to take a look at the weekend that was around the rest of the Big Ten and maybe throw in a couple national games of interest. And in our final segment of today's episode, we'll dig into the mailbag and answer any of your questions that you may have had from the weekend after the game as scouting out the rest of the Big Ten. We'll touch on a couple mailbag topics in our final segment of today's episode. Make sure you stay connected with the show and you can submit your questions at any time for the mailbag and just provide any other kind of feedback by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. And of course, this week, you can also check out our brand new, fully updated and renovated Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. If you go to the show's page on Facebook, you can check out the top pinned comment. It'll give you the full rundown of every week's scheduled shows and give you an idea of what to expect every day on the show. So go ahead, check out the Facebook page, give it a like today, and of course, follow along on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Hey, let's go ahead and jump into our first segment and talk about that Penn State victory against Purdue. It was a beautiful day for football in Happy Valley on Saturday as number 12 Penn State took on Purdue, a Purdue team that came into the game without some of their best players due to injuries and, of course, has already been scuffling the season with a losing record coming in at 1-3, 0-1 in Big Ten play. Penn State, of course, started the season off with a 4-0 record and 1-0 in Big Ten play. So these two teams were clearly on different levels, and right from the start of the game, it was showed why. Penn State just came out on fire on offense, kind of like how they did the previous game against Maryland. Everything seemed to be clicking early on. Penn State scored touchdowns on their first four offensive possessions of the game. They forced Purdue to punt very quickly on their first few series of the game and forced a fumble, uh, leading to another Penn State touchdown. Things were going pretty smoothly. Penn State jumped on top of Purdue 21-0 after the first quarter, added on, went up 28-0, tacked on another touchdown in the fourth quarter for the final score of the game for the Nittany Lions in a 35-7 victory. And still a lot of people were left wondering, can't they do a little bit more? And I honestly feel like that's pretty much a fair comparison or fair thought to have coming out of this game because it did seem like Penn State's offense got a little bit stale for whatever reason. And of course, they have some big games coming up. So maybe there's something gamesmanship wise where maybe they wanted to take the foot off the gas a little bit. But the offensive play calling in the second half really set itself up well to be able to just run the ball at will against a Purdue team that was starting to look like they may have just been ready to pack their bags and go home. Unfortunately for Penn State, that wasn't exactly the case. So they tried doing a couple different things, throwing the football, kind of 
giving the quarterbacks a chance to run. Uh, it just didn't quite work as well in the second half as it did at the start of the game. So you wonder if there's something to be a little bit concerned about with some massive games upcoming here for the Nittany Lions. But of course, we're going to talk about those games later on. And as the week progresses, we'll dig into this week's opponent, which will be the Iowa Hawkeyes. But let's take a look back at that Penn State game. And I think, uh, first of all, let's start with the quarterback, Sean Clifford, another Solid effort, no doubt about it. It wasn't quite the same kind of stat line that he had against Maryland, but Sean Clifford goes 20 of 29, passing for 264 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, which came on that fifth possession of the game. Uh, so that kind of stalled the momentum for Penn State's offense, at least for a little while. But uh, it was just a, another good all-around performance, I think, for Sean Clifford. Nothing really to be too concerned about there. Uh, certainly had the numbers there. And I think, of course, uh, the receivers showed some good things they spread the ball around a little bit uh you still want to see maybe a couple other guys kind of step up here but you know kj hamler had three catches for 41 yards and a touchdown uh, kj hamler was pretty active in that game as well so they did try to definitely keep him involved in all kinds of different areas of the game but i feel like the strength of this game the, the strength of this team continues to be that running game and we've talked about it a little bit last week in our relaunch we talked about it throughout the week of what is the status of the running game and it's been clearly a running back by committee to this point in the season and it looks like maybe that'll still be the case although Noah Kane seems to be the guy that is emerging a little bit faster than some of the other guys and I think that that's a very encouraging sign for Penn State's running back situation moving forward because that was one of the questions we addressed last week. Is there a guy here that should be the guy by now or will continue to be the guy moving forward? And it's starting to look like maybe that will be Noah Kane. Uh, of course, like I said, these next few games on the schedule are probably going to be the real indicator here. But Noah Kane was the one guy that had more than 38 rushing yards. He had 105 rushing yards. He had a touchdown, a long run of 27 yards, averaging 8.8 yards per carry. Uh, so he certainly was the big guy on the ground uh, for Penn State. Devin Ford got into the mix a little bit with seven carries, 38 yards. Uh, Journey Brown, five touches, 21 yards. Uh, Ricky Slade, four touches and two yards. So not not at all getting out of Ricky Slade this early in the season that I anticipated coming into the season. But the good news is Penn State has some other guys that are contributing and finding some success on the ground. Noah Kane certainly seems to be the guy that's been emerging as that guy on the ground. So there's a lot of trust there, I think, handing them the ball and seeing what he can do. So that's one thing you can certainly take a positive away from this game moving forward. And of course, we got to mention the defense. <laughs> this defense just continues to be so dominant. Uh, everybody was contributing. Everybody was making plays. That defensive line is starting to gain some national respect here. Yedra Gross Matos, uh, another big day on the ground, a couple sacks. Uh, Shaka Tony with three sacks. Penn State had, what, 10 sacks in that game. So that was a masterful performance by that defensive line and like i said they are starting to get some national recognition you're starting to see some of these national writers out there recognize just how good that penn state defensive line may be some are suggesting that it may be one of the best in the country if not the best again a lot of that's going to be up to the test these upcoming games with iowa michigan and michigan state but for right now 
that's where Penn State stands, and that's why they continue to climb up the poles a little bit uh, as other teams are starting to take some losses. And maybe Penn State's going to take a loss. We don't know that for sure yet, but it definitely feels like James Franklin has something pretty good here, and they're beating up on the teams that they should be beating up on. That's the one thing you can say. The schedule is... Uh, not the, the most challenging up to this point, but good, they're doing what good teams do to these opponents. And I think that that's the one thing you can take away from here as we recap a Penn State's 35-7 to victory uh, over Purdue. So Penn State is now 5-0. and They are now 2-0 and in the Big Ten play. So that's always a nice little start. But like I said, the, the schedule is going to get tougher. Uh, but they have taken care of business up to this point, and that's really all you can ask of them. All right, coming up in our next segment, we're going to take a look at the rest of the Big Ten, see what went down in Week 6, and throw in a couple of national games of interest because there was a lot of things that happened this weekend, even though there was not really a whole lot of drama for the top playoff contenders, but there were some shakeups going on around the country. All that coming up in our next segment. It was a big weekend for the Big Ten in Week 6 with two games involving a matchup of top 25 teams. First one, of course, taking place at noon with number 19, Michigan, facing number 14, Iowa. And this one was supposed to be a defensive slugfest. And what do you know? It turned into a defensive slugfest. Michigan takes the win 10-3. Iowa, of course, is Penn State's next opponent. And, of course, Michigan comes after that. So this is a game that I think Penn State fans were certainly going to keep a close eye on when they were flipping channels because it was being played at the same time as the Penn State game. But you wanted to see whether or not this Michigan offense was truly ready to take that next step and carry over some of the momentum that they had from last week's game against Rutgers. And that just certainly was not the case. Of course, you can give credit to Iowa for having the kind of defense that can slow things down and really make life hard for any opposing offense, and that really did seem to be the case for the most part, but it does seem as though that Michigan offense is going to continue to be a little bit more of a work in progress than I think a lot of people in Ann Arbor were kind of hoping for this season. So if you're a Penn State fan, you're looking at this game and you're thinking, neither one of these offenses looks like it's going to be a real big threat for Penn State, but there are a couple things to be cautioned of. First of all, Penn State's going to be going to Iowa. And again, we're going to take a look at this game starting tomorrow. But you don't need to be told this. You know that going to Kinnick Stadium for a primetime matchup is a dangerous place for any team. And Penn State knows this from firsthand experience. So it's going to be pretty good. And I think uh, the fact that they only scored three points against Michigan, they're going to come back home. They're going to get back more into their comfort zone. They're going to be pretty fired up to try and make some things happen against a Penn State team that has now climbed into the top 10 in the major polls. So this is a good statement opportunity for Iowa. But if you look at that Iowa offense, is it something that should really concern you? I don't know. We'll talk about it tomorrow, though. So check out the Tuesday episode as we give our first look at the Penn State versus Iowa matchup. As far as Michigan's concerned, uh, again, that offense is going to have to go to Penn State and start putting up some points. Both teams look like they're going to play some pretty good defense. And of course, we'll talk about that game in a couple weeks. But I think the the Michigan-Iowa game didn't really impress a whole ton of people. I think it was just a matter of the fact that we had some good defensive teams and there are offenses that aren't quite all there yet. So I feel like that was supposed to be a defensive slugfest. It certainly turned into one. Iowa was just shooting themselves in the foot, though, because uh, so many turnovers. Nate Stanley actually getting picked off, what, three times, I think it was, and he hadn't been picked off since last season. So that was a disappointing development for Iowa and certainly something they're going to try and bounce back from this week against Penn State. 
The other big top 25 matchup in the Big Ten, of course, took place at night, and that was number four, Ohio State, hosting number 25, Michigan State. And Michigan State came out a little feisty early on defensively. They gave Ohio State a little bit of a a run to start the game, uh, certainly defensively, but the offense, again, is just not there for Michigan State. You cannot trust that Michigan State offense, especially on the road. Uh, Penn State will have to go to Michigan State, but we'll worry about that in a few weeks. But I think the the main takeaway here is Ohio State can turn it on. And when they do, they watch out because they are extremely dangerous. They continue to be the best team in the Big Ten all around. They have so much skill. It's just a matter of time before Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins get going. And as we saw against Michigan State, uh, once they get going, it is tough to slow them down. You know, Ohio State got off to a slow start, which isn't something they typically do. They only had a 3-0 lead after the first quarter, but they put up 24 points in the second quarter. And it seems like it happened real quickly. So uh, they are a very dangerous team. Uh, And as I said earlier, Penn State's getting some national recognition for their defensive line. Ohio State's getting a lot of national praise right now. And say what you will, maybe they haven't been challenged the way that is being perceived, but they have looked awfully darn good doing it. A 24-point victory over Michigan State. I don't know if that covered the spread. I forget what the spread was on that game, but uh, that is a pretty impressive win. Only scored one touchdown in the fourth quarter of the, of the second half of that game, but the, that game was well <laughs> well put away uh, before that. Bit. And Ohio State shut out Michigan State in the second half. So Ohio State is uh, looking pretty good right now. And they put on a show once again on national TV for the second week in a row in prime time against a Big Ten opponent. Uh, so Ohio State's rolling right now. Fortunately, Penn State doesn't have to worry about Ohio State till much later in the season. And uh, if things go the way that they potentially could, that could be a pretty mega matchup. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Also, early in the day when Penn State was playing Purdue, Wisconsin, number eight Wisconsin, was hosting Kent State in a non-conference matchup. Not going to talk about this one too much because it was a 48-0 victory for the Badgers. As expected, Jonathan Taylor just continues to rack up the yardage, 186 yards, four touchdowns. And uh, if there was any takeaway that you still needed to take from this Big Ten West, it's that Wisconsin's going to win this division. They are clearly the best team in that Big Ten West right now. I don't think there's anybody right now that can catch them. I fully expected this to be a wide-open division, and I could see scenarios where a number of teams could potentially win it. I'm not seeing that now. Uh, Just, what, five, six weeks into the season, I don't see any way that division is not won by Wisconsin. The way that they are rolling right now. They are just steamrolling everybody on their schedule right now. I don't think they're nearly as good as Ohio State, but the fact that the schedule is playing out in Wisconsin's favor, that gives them a lot of favor. Now, Wisconsin's going to have to play Ohio State uh, at some point in the upcoming few weeks, I believe. So that's going to be pretty interesting to watch. But you know, as far as that West Division is concerned... There's nobody that's going to beat Wisconsin in the division. Uh, So it just really comes down to what Wisconsin does in those crossover matchups. And they already got the win against Michigan. So they got Michigan State this week. So it'll be pretty interesting. I had three other games in the Big Ten this weekend, and uh, we'll blitz right through them. Minnesota stays undefeated. Minnesota is now 5-0, 2-0 in the Big Ten after a 40-17 victory over Illinois. 
and um, if you think that Minnesota is going to be the team that knocks off Wisconsin or Penn State, uh, I, I'm not there yet. I still think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going on here. This one was not a close game, but they have played a number of close games. So I think Minnesota is due for a loss, but uh, they've been taking advantage of the schedule, and there's nothing wrong with that. They have nothing to apologize for. Uh, Minnesota off to a 5-0 start. Looked like they could be... The, uh, the second place team in the Big Ten West, but uh, we'll see what Iowa does. And of course, you had Maryland with their final getting a bounce back game uh, on the road against Rutgers, a team that is currently in a real bad situation. Uh, not only did they lose 48-7 to at home to Rutgers, uh, to Maryland just shortly after making their coaching change, but they're also losing their starting quarterback and I think their running back to uh, the red shirt rule. So that's something we've talked about, and uh, you know it's not a good not a good point in time for the Rutgers football program. They're now one and four, zero and three in Big Ten play, and after getting rolled at home forty eight to seven by Maryland, it's uh, just it's tough times for Rutgers. Nebraska did get a win. <laughs> Nebraska uh, has had problems with Northwestern, and they had some problems once again. They only went 13-10 to on a last-second field goal to clinch the game against the Wildcats. Northwestern drops to 0-3 in the Big Ten, and Nebraska gets to 2-1. So Nebraska's still in the running in that Big Ten West. Their only loss was that game to Ohio State last weekend, or I should say uh, two weekends ago at this point. So Nebraska is still going to be a little bit of a player in that Big Ten West. But is there anything about this Nebraska team that impresses you? Because I don't see much reason to be optimistic right now as far as this season's concerned. Uh, they have shown their warts. They have been playing some tough football, but they're just not they're not there yet. There's no there's no question that is still a program to keep an eye on for the long term under Scott Frost. But they've got some work to do. All right, so there wasn't really a whole lot that happened in the national scene in the top 25 for the most of the playoff contenders. You either had teams that were off or you had teams like Georgia just blasting Tennessee. The biggest game, of course, was uh, number 10 Florida taking down number 7 Auburn 24-13. to 13. So that was a very good win for Florida. They're going to get LSU this weekend. Uh, Texas gets by West Virginia on the road. Oregon had a defensive battle against Cal. Cal just doesn't have the offense. So Oregon uh, remains one of the top teams in that Pac-12 because Washington lost. Washington lost at Stanford. So that was a little bit of a shocker. And then uh, Texas Tech taking down Oklahoma State. I can't figure out Oklahoma State uh, against unranked teams when they're ranked, but they've got to figure that one out. And of course, the most entertaining game was probably SMU with an overtime victory against Tulsa. Huge fourth quarter rally to dig out of a 21-point hole to force overtime in the first place. And they remain undefeated after a 43-37 victory over the Golden Hurricane. SMU is now 2-0 in the AAC, and uh, they're 6-0 overall. So they've clinched bowl eligibility. Uh, Ohio State's the only other team to have clinched bowl eligibility to this point. But uh, SMU, they may be a team to watch in that group of five. So just keep an eye on that if you're looking for something else to watch outside of Penn State and the Big Ten. All right, coming up in our third and final segment of this episode on our beautiful Monday on the Locked On Podcast Network, we're going to take a look at one of the questions that came in over the weekend on the Twitter account at Locked On Nittany. It's actually a follow-up to a conversation we had with one of the questions last week. So we'll do that in our third and final segment. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100.
We like to close out most of our episodes throughout the week with a little bit of a mailbag segment. Unfortunately, the mailbag was a little bit light this week, so we might have had to stretch it a little bit. But if you want to submit your questions at any time, you can do so at LockedOnNittany on Twitter. And as we move forward, we'll try to incorporate questions from our Facebook following as well. Again, a reminder just to go check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Go ahead and give it a like. Make sure you spread the word to your friends, your family, all your Facebook friends, your coworkers, that aunt that you really don't like, but she gives you a nice Christmas card every holiday season. So make sure you send her a nice little invite to follow the Locked On Nittany podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So last week, one of the questions that came up in discussion during our mailback segment was the state of the running back situation and why there hasn't exactly been one running back that has kind of emerged and whether or not well, that was a surprising development. And for me, it personally, I think it was. However, this running back by committee style seems to have been okay for the schedule so far. Is it going to be something that carries on and has some success in the second half of the schedule? Possibly, although I think there should be some concerns about maybe relying a little bit too much on some guys in certain situations when you have some proven guys that seem to be emerging. And as we mentioned earlier in this episode, Noah Kane was one of the guys that really shined and came through as kind of the emerging star carrying the football for this team. Now, Jim on Twitter, who submitted a question last week about that running back situation, he checked back in uh, with kind of follow up on some of the conversation we had. He's on Twitter at PSU Unrivaled, and he said, I couldn't help but notice that in today's game, Kane led in rushing 12 carries for 105 yards. I'll be honest, I've been impressed with both Kane and Ford. And I got to say, I'm right there with you. I really am. I feel like I was expecting Ricky Slade to be that guy. And as I've said all along, I really felt like he was going to be the guy that carried the torch from Miles Sanders, who carried it from Saquon Barkley. And to me, that just has not been the case. And the numbers show. Like I mentioned earlier, he only had a couple carries for a few yards. And that's just not at all what I expected to see out of him. So I'm very curious to see now, is Noah Kane going to be that First option, running the football. Is Devin Ford going to be a guy that really kind of is that supplement running back? There were some times when they feel like Penn State was trying to get Devin Ford going a little bit more against Purdue, and it wasn't quite getting off and running, I think, the way that they were anticipating. But when you have a guy like Noah Kane who's capable of making some plays happen, and we've seen these running backs really kind of take advantage of some of these situations that they're put in, uh, nobody is scared. I think that that's one of the most important things here. You've got some good young running backs who really know what they're supposed to be doing, what their role is, and how they're supposed to execute. And I think for the most part, they're getting that job done when they have those opportunities. So I feel like as we move into a very difficult stretch here, that has to be one of the keys that continues to have some success. It can't get slowed down. It can't get bottled up and just abandon all hope with that as the moment there's any sense of adversity. I think you need to put these guys in these situations against some really good defenses coming up. Like I said, they've got Iowa this week in Iowa, which is never easy. They've got Michigan the week after that. and Michigan's defense has been pretty strong. And Michigan State, you know, Ohio State took advantage of Michigan State a little bit at times, especially in that second quarter. But that Michigan State defense is not to be taken for granted. And again, Penn State knows this from firsthand experience. They need to find ways to keep that offense going. And they really need to get that offense uh, to be a little bit more consistent because as consistent and as 
much as they thrived against Maryland two weeks ago, and as much as that first quarter was a real breeze for Penn State's offense, it did slow down. It did kind of hit a wall, and they were never able to get the, the burners going again. Again, were they trying as hard as they could have to get those burners going? That's the big question. But I feel like there have been enough data points this season to suggest that Penn State's offense can stagnate. Uh, can get stale, I should say. And that is a little bit of a concern as these games are going to start getting tougher against these big, uh, tougher defenses because Purdue doesn't have one of the best defenses in the Big Ten. Iowa, Michigan, and Michigan State do. So this is a huge stretch for Penn State coming up. We'll talk a little bit more about that on Wednesday's show as we dig into the Penn State numbers against teams like Iowa and Michigan and Michigan State. But I really feel like this is the make or break point of the season for the Nittany Lions. If they're for real, they come out of this no less than 2-1-1. You know, pick and choose which game Penn State loses. But I think if they get out of this with a 1-2 and record, that's not good. <laughs> Obviously, uh, two losses is bad. But you know, I feel like no worse than 2-1. and And Penn State's going to be in really good shape uh, the rest of the season. If they can win at Iowa, beat Michigan, drop a game to Michigan State, but keep it competitive and keep it a close game... That puts Penn State in a pretty good spot for the Big Ten championship run. Again, you still got to get by Ohio State, but I think it goes without saying, 2-1 and one here would be huge for Penn State moving forward. Of course, 3-0 and would be great. There's no question about that, but I feel like if Penn State's going to be a true contender here, they go 2-1 and one at the absolute worst. All right, that's it for the mailbag in this today's episode. Make sure you submit your questions at any time by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. I do check the Twitter mentions and the questions that may come in before I hit record and even while I am recording. So if any question comes in, I will try to fit it into the show. If I don't get it into the next episode after you ask a question, make sure you check out the, throughout the rest of the week because I may sprinkle them in if we do get to a point where we get a few too many questions to cram in all to one episode. So just keep an eye out for that. But we will try to add a couple of mailbag segments throughout the week and keep you guys involved as much as possible in the podcast moving forward because ultimately this show is for you guys we want to make sure you guys enjoy the show as much as i enjoy putting it together and i want to make sure this show as fun to listen to and enjoyable to listen to no matter whether you're in the car on your way to work on your way home from work or if you're on your lunch break or if you're studying or if you're just out and about if you're out for a run out walking the dog whatever the case may be i want to make sure you're enjoying what you're listening to because ultimately i don't do the show without you guys checking it out and uh, lending your support and just letting me know what you think about the show so if you can do that at any time by sending us a question or comment on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. And again, check out the new Facebook page. We kind of re- I revamped it a little bit <laughs> over the weekend, and we're going to start posting there a little bit more often as well at Locked On Nittany on Facebook. So I'm Kevin McGuire. Again, you can find me contributing content to NBCSports.com's College Football Talk as well as Athlon Sports. I believe I've got the Penn State-Iowa preview coming up this week on Athlon Sports, so I'll be sure to share that with you guys when that is available. Uh, That should be a lot of fun. I think that's going to come out later this week, though, so just keep an eye out for that towards the end of the week. Make sure you are subscribed to the show on all your favorite podcasting platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I've checked. I know the 
podcast is available on all those platforms. I've checked them out myself. Make sure they all work and it seems like they are. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe. And if you can, leave a rating and a review to let me know what you think about the show. And it does help with the placement of the show in those various platforms. So we can help expand this program a little bit more, get more people involved, and just expand our little community here of people that are following Penn State football Big Ten football, or just college football in general, just looking for a little bit of a different taste. Everybody's welcome here on this podcast. We want to make this show as enjoyable for everybody as possible. But of course, we are going to focus on Penn State because we do that every day, Monday through Friday. Tuesday's episode will be up, uh, I believe, around midnight Eastern. I try to keep these shows posted as close to midnight as possible. And what are we going to do on tomorrow's episode? Well, tomorrow's Tuesday, so we'll take our first dive into looking at the Iowa Hawkeyes. Of course, that's Penn State's next opponent. They're going out to Iowa this weekend to take on the Hawkeyes. And we'll see what Iowa has been up to from the start of the season up to this point. Some of their key players and uh, what the state of that team is after their loss on the road against Michigan this past weekend. So we'll dive in a little, talk a little bit about the Iowa Hawkeyes on tomorrow's episode. Uh, maybe we'll touch on some of the press conference notes that may be coming out over the last 24 hours or so. And of course, if we have any questions, we will dive into the mailbag once again. All right, so we got a lot to talk about on tomorrow's episode. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following on Twitter. Make sure you're liking on Facebook. And until tomorrow, everybody, have a great Monday. Let's get this week started on a good note. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow.